0: My final one would be, the impediment to accent advances accent. What stands in the way becomes the way.
1: What stands in the way becomes the way. I love it. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. We dream bigger and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty and I am very excited for this episode. In fact, this interview that we have coming up here, guys, is going to blow your mind. Um, So, I got started into the entrepreneurship world about three and a half, four years ago with a very limited mindset of what was possible. Um, As many of you guys, you've heard my backstory and you've kind of heard about me. Um, And it's interesting as I continue to go and like level up in this game, it's so crazy to me to see the different levels and to... Like, learn and realize that once you get to a certain point, like, you're always constantly leveling up. There's always another level to go to. There's always someone that knows more. There's always something that you can learn from. And so, I've been able to meet some really, really cool people along the journey, um, along my journey to success. But one gentleman in particular, who we're actually doing an interview with here today, um, just lives in a whole different world with what he's able to have learned and done. And uh, his story is absolutely incredible, coming from truly nothing to building up where he's at. Now. And so I'm very, very excited to kind of share with you. Um, I want to say, full transparency, this is probably going to be a pretty business related episode. I mean, we are going to talk pretty heavy into business and into mindset. Um, There's probably going to be some concepts that you're like, whoa, I've never heard of those things before. And that's a good thing. This will very much expand your mind. But uh, my next guest has raised over a half a billion dollars in capital, half a billion dollars. He's been in Forbes. Uh, over thirty-five times, he's been in Entrepreneur magazine. He's been in Inc. He's been uh, CNBC, NBC, CNN, Fox—basically uh, every major TV network that you can possibly think of. He networks and hangs out with billionaires. He is a living legend. Emmy, welcome to the program, my man. Thank you. Thank you, you so time. much. Thank you, Very man. Excited? Think, yeah, it's gonna be good. Where you're in Florida? Yeah. Yes,
0: in Florida uh, right now.
1: Good. How you been, dude? I've been really good, just
0: working all day, taking calls, raising money,
1: taking calls and raising. I feel like that's most, like that's been most of your life, though. Yeah.
0: No, actually, it's only
1: been last
0: really for about four or five months. been really? raising money.
1: So, like, l- let's give some context for people because most people probably have no idea who you are. And, like I said, I appreciate you coming on here because I know you kind of like to stay behind the scenes, right? Like out of yes. yeah, out of everything. So, like. Tell us a little bit about like you and like who you are and what you do specifically, because you got your hands in like a million different things. I feel like.
0: Yes. So what I done is I came from London. I was born and raised there, and basically I lost both my parents by the time I was twenty, and I came from literally from nothing there at that time. When my parents we lost everything for taxes and everything else, I had to rebuild from scratch. Knowing this, right, and as you know, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. Your faith gets really gets tested when you do something close. Yeah, and it gets even more tested when my so my dad, as he died, his heart stopped and it came back afterwards, without resuscitation, and then he died again only hours later. in My aunt, so my faith was rocked. Oh my Literally god! Literally that point. So at that point, I actually went away from even the realms of God, so to say, wanting to prove it wrong. And as I came all back full circle, i learned about nature, and I've realized that everything is so intelligently in designed. You can use it in business. So, and then what I realized is, if you look at the Poetic principle, even 80-20, you can even have square it to 80-20 squared to get 4% to 64% of your results. Really? And what I've learned is in every single algorithm, if you just focus on 4% of the common factors, it's the same in every algorithm going. And really?
1: Businesses, overall. So, do you say you lost both of your parents or just your dad? Both. Both of your parents. So, you went through crazy trauma- and then you came from London. Now, did they did they die over in London or? Yes, okay, so in London you come to America, and you start learning about like na- I mean, you start looking at nature because you're like, what the heck's going on with you know people dying and whatnot. You start realizing that so many uh, principles of nature can be applied to business. You have the rule of eighty twenty. You have you know eight uh, the eighty twenty rule. What did you say? It was eighty twenty squared. Yes, 80-20 squared. Eighty twenty squared gets you the four uh, percent of sixty four. Yes, so sixty four four. And sixty four four, and, and this is how algorithms work. You, you know, you say if you focus on the four percent. Well, if you look
0: algorithm. at even like Instagram, kind of that was your background, and I came from an SEO world, even where we look at every algorithm, they make their money these platforms by selling advertising to advertisers for to in front of people. To do that, even what we had to understand is, people were only able to advertise it to get in front of the audience. So to build a customer database, they need to understand certain things. One of the things is you have to understand the user intent. What do they want from that platform and it's going to be relevant to them? The experience that people have, I believe that's the future of all business. Customer experience is the real name of the game now. And the third thing is they come from a trusted
1: source. Is they come from what the third thing is what? A trusted source. A trusted source, okay.
0: Because that's the same with every algorithm. Now, if we look at even Instagram, you get a verified blue tick account liking your stuff versus a non-verified one, you're going to get way more engagement and boost from the SEO algorithm signals there. Yeah. And it's the same with every algorithm.
1: So what were the four things you said? The first one was what? So the first one is about user intent. User intent. User experience. A user experience.
0: The third one is trust. Trust. And then the fourth one is going to be engagement.
1: Engagement. So user intent, user experience, trust, and engagement. 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 That
0: underpins every single algorithm, paid or organic. And that's so true. I mean, if
1: you look at, I always laugh when people tell me they're like, oh, Josh, the Instagram algorithm is changing. The Facebook algorithm is changing. Like we're getting screwed on our content, yada, yada. I'm like, most all algorithms are the same they work off the same basic principles. I mean like what they define as engagement or good content or whatever is going to change based on the platform a little bit, but the same rules apply. And I feel like if you just, if you just follow those basic rules, you no, can win, right? Because
0: if you look at even Google it's 500 algorithms, I can focus on 500 or I can focus on the 4 that's going kind to of matter. And it makes it
1: life easy. I think what, simplistically- what, do you, what do you mean Google has 500 algorithms?
0: So they have 500 different factors that they use to determine where you'll show up in search results.
1: Oh, really? Is that how many it is?
0: Yes, 500 that we know of. There might be more.
1: And you're and, saying, though, that if you just focus on the four that matter,
0: yeah, you'll get results. Every single time. I've done it every single time. I went to New York when I tried in less than 55 days to position two for New York SEO.
1: 55 days you got into the top of New York SEO? Yeah. That's incredible. How, so, like, what are those four factors? How do you do that?
0: So, basically, what I understood is as I created content that would solve their problems. The site had a good experience. Then I made sure to get links that are engaging, that drive traffic for engagement, but were also trusted sources, and they were relevant. For example, a lot of my links came with keywords in the domain, and I said, to used you to rank? I didn't make my life difficult.
1: Wait, so, so hold on, hold on. Content, links from a trusted source? yes and what was the, the last one relevance relevancy so that's three content trusted source with links oh links and links from a trusted source would be yeah. two and then relevancy yeah with is like, user experience but, but like what like what do you mean though when when you say like links from a trusted source so basically to me a trusted source
0: there's people that can buy anyone can set up a website right a trusted source is when you're getting actual traffic to that website, that is more validating than a site with no traffic. Because if a site not getting traffic, then it's obviously not very popular. Right. But if a site's got a lot of traffic slash engagement, it's obviously gonna be more trusted because engagement is a form of trust.
1: Right, but people don't know how many people are visiting a website. You can do that quite easily
0: through um, many tools. You've got natural analytics because buying competitive websites. You can go into Semrush, which is free. You can go into Ahrefs, which is maybe $99 a month. There's many tools to start looking at. One of my favorite tools to look at is SpyFu. SpyFu allows you to find the competitors' ads and AdWords as well as see the traffic we get organically. Fi-fu?
1: SpyFu? SpyFu. S P Y F U. F as in Frank, P-Y? Um, S as in. Oh, SpyFu. SpyFu. Spy okay, food. SpyFu. SpyFu. Okay. Yeah. So, like, but so when you're doing this, how, how are you getting traffic to those websites? Like, are you buying ads and sending it to them or what? No, so uh,
0: these websites already have traffic. So when I put the links on the, the websites, the traffic comes naturally. It's like PR, essentially. It's a PR on a bigger scale, on a, on a small, but yet
1: on smaller publications. But, but what do you mean you put the links? Like what links are you putting?
0: So the links that I use will vary based on the campaign and the goal and where I want to send it to. But often I'll just put like, for example, what we call the anchor text. Anchor text is basically the clickable part, the hyperlink, um, that's all it is. It's a um, text that you link with. I just basically generally keep it branded. I just you branded anchor text, and I just send it over to the site I want to like, the page I want to rank.
1: But we, where are you putting those links to get the traffic? Like, are these- On other people's websites. On other people's websites. Yeah. So you, you're you're going, and are you paying for those, or how do you get them on those websites?
0: Sometimes you pay for them. Other times, you don't have to. Sometimes people will reach out to you. There's many ways to get links, and one of the best ways ever, for most people who are in the internet marketing world running SEO, you can go to link building agencies. There's many link building agencies out there that you can get people and buy links from.
1: So, so like, how, many, how much traffic do I need to send to a website to rank in SEO?
0: It's a host of factors, but I generally like to send at least 15,000 visits a month to any page.
1: 15,000 visitors.
0: It's what I like to send at minimum. As minimum. One of and that's and- human visitors, not... Bot traffic.
1: Right, not bot traffic. They have to be real human visitors. Because, like, now on the internet, I mean, you got, you can send just millions of bot clicks to anything, right, to make it look yes. like you got clicks, and it's crap. So, like, but how do you ensure that, though? I mean, you just uh, make sure you get, go from trusted sources or what?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so well, I personally, i got my own process to get um, traffic in. So, I use places like Core, because everyone wants to compete for attention on Facebook. And uh, Facebook is very saturated, so what I've done is, I like to zig when they zag. Sorry, I zag when they zig. But basically, I go to that core Pinterest, YouTube. I build traffic from these places, rank within their own algorithm, and the traffic starts coming in naturally.
1: So, okay, all right. Because this is brilliant. I-, I love what you just said there about, like, zigging and zagging, right? Like, when everybody else zig, you zag. When everybody else zags, you zig. But, like, how... Expl- walk me through the process. You got Quora or Pinterest or places like that. Like, are you sitting there just literally posting images and stuff or, or statuses? I don't even know how Quora works. I have works. VAs
0: personally, write content or post content, and we just put a link into the site and we write good little story inside the post and literally the link for Drive um, Traffic for
1: me. So you literally just go and it would be if you did this on Instagram, which I know you don't use Instagram so much, but like hypothetically, you would just go and set up an Instagram account and post images of whatever it is that you're wanting to drive traffic about, use the right hashtags and then link back to your website. You're do, basically exactly. doing that on Quora and Pinterest. Pinterest and you, YouTube,
0: Reddit, and um, you're doing this on
1: just massive scale. Exactly. Like, like how, how big?
0: So, I generally will drive at command about 1,000 visits a day whenever I want to any website. And I basically sometimes that what I do, if I want to be really crafty, is I use Snipply and I'll overlay on a trusted website and I'll go and quote controversy. And I'll use the controversy, like, for example, just say Donald Trump, you're going to post it in the Clinton group. Good. People want to start commenting it and clicking on it and engaging with it, and then now overlay. Now I can come to my website as well. That counts towards your website? Yeah, you can use Snipply to drive traffic to your website, even if you don't have it irrelevant. Wait, because, wait.
1: But it's not your website, though.
0: Because when you use Snipply, it gets a little um, what's it called, a factor, a um, little pop-up box.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So going to it a box. page to your website? What? That's that's mind-blowing. I just thought that was a Snipply thing. I didn't realize that that actually could count towards visitors to your website.
0: Yeah, you can try, you can have a pixel to Snipply links even to retarget people from Snipply.
1: I, I did know that, which is crazy. I mean, that's awesome. But, like, I didn't realize that that actually counted towards page views. So, like, how many... Like, when you say people start coming in organically, how are you setting up these accounts? Like, do you set them up under your personal name? Do you just, like, for example, well, like I Quora.
0: You, just used my, um, I just use my, I just create fake names, and it's season the accounts over time, and it's basically ranked. I've driven over a million views through Quora. Same thing, I just ranked within Quora. And there's little gigs even, we can buy upvotes on Quora for like $10. And you can literally start ranking in Quora and get all that traffic. And what people don't realize is, like, people think Google is the be-all and end-all. But Bing has 33% of the traffic in the search engines from Really. Things. It's for mostly people over 40 years of age. So you have a people over 40 when I say hit Bing. Really? The huh. reason being is, is when you look at Bing, when people buy a Microsoft computer and you've got older generation, not so tech savvy, like our millennial generation or Gen X or Y or whatever. What it is, is then how to put Coin One or Firefox, etc. So they use Microsoft Edge, which is the new Internet Explorer. If you old that me and basically with that, you basically uh, the default browser is bank. So that's why I got so much traffic
1: on a new Microsoft computer. So I did know that actually, now that you say that, so you're just saying the, the, uh, you know, no, no in, uh, offense to people over the age of 40, but like, basically they're just, they don't, they're not smart enough to figure out how to download Chrome.
0: A lot of them aren't. Especially 50, 60. So they just
1: go them. and they're just on big. So you, what do you use? Like, is it the same? Is the Bing algorithm basically the same oh, as it's very similar.
0: I normally rank in Bing faster than I do in Google.
1: Well, I would imagine so. There's way less competition.
0: Yeah. Because my don't optimize for it.
1: But like, okay, so like going back to the Pinterest and the Quora and like places like that, right? Yeah. So like you, you go and so like, do you have like 10 different accounts, one in each industry? I have
0: about 40 to 50 per industry.
1: What the? How do you keep track of all those?
0: I just put it in an Excel sheet and I just use the multi login um, plug-in and I use the VPS. So most people, actually, this is a brilliant trick. So I've been trying to get my VAs in the Philippines to work and use certain software to be, it's only working in the United States because it allows me to pull up people's emails, phone numbers, everything. And I have a software as well for automation on LinkedIn. Even, and I cannot get it to work. So I came up with the idea to use a virtual private server called the VPS. It gives them a place to log in and they actually use that computer with a U.S. IP address because the VPN wasn't working. So I just make them force to use a VPS and it gets around everything.
1: For those, Explain v, what a VPS is for those people that don't know.
0: Okay, so VPS is basically a server that is in like Seattle, California, New York, whatever. And you literally log into that server and now your IP address. You can browse and use it like a computer. So literally a Windows operating machine on a
1: virtual drive, hard drive. So so correct me if I'm wrong here, but essentially your VAs are spread out throughout the, the world. in China. Yeah. And so Google and and major platforms like that nature, they don't like it when, or they like it better if they're in the States or like our first, like top, Top tiered traffic. The traffic,
0: right? yes. Where, if you were um, advertising to states, local businesses, like I do, that's more business in the United States. But like the traffic to be geographic location relevant.
1: So you're basically saying, okay, you're having your people in China or the Philippines or wherever log in to a server here in the states through a v. What'd you say? It was a VPS? Yeah. Through VPS. a v- through a VPS. And now when they log in and start doing work for you, it looks like it's coming from here in America.
0: Ask? Because I tried a VPN before and the VPN didn't work on some of the softwares. A VPS, I got around it because it's literally a Windows machine in the United States. It's just no physical hard drive. It's not a hard drive there. It's
1: on <laughs> virtual. How, do, how, does people, how do people get access to that? Um, I can get you one. Hold on,
0: right now. It's on my phone. I think it's called HostWinds. Let's
1: double check. Host wins. Yeah. Host wins cloud is what I use. Host wins? Cloud. Host wins cloud. Yes. And so you could just go on there and then your people in China or Philippines can just log in from there. Have, and yeah.
0: And any tools that weren't working because they're not in the U.S., now will work in the U.S.
1: How, do, how many VAs do you have? I have 10. So you have 10 people working for you and literally they just create content. Yeah. As a, a ridiculous amount on Quora and Pinterest and, and, and Bing. So, like, how do you get around, though? Like, you don't proofread the articles. H- how do you know what they say, what they're saying is accurate? I, um,
0: I basically built a formula out of basically what's allowed, what's not allowed. I'm just, I don't know proofreading them except for once in a while. I'll check them, and if I find they do done it wrong, and I'll just file them and get a new one in. I don't need to keep checking. I don't really care about that, it's to get the traffic.
1: You just want the traffic. How many pieces of content are they posting a day on any given account? Maybe two to three pieces. Two to three pieces on every account every day. Mm-hmm. And so anytime let's say, okay, what's an industry that you're not in? Like, are you in, I don't know. I'm looking out the window. Like, are you in the lawn and garden industry? No. Okay. So let's pretend I'm in the lawn and garden industry and I want to do this. And I come to you and I'm like, yo, Emmy, what up? Right. Um, I want you to rank for me for SEO in the lawn and garden space. Are you literally just going to Quora and Pinterest, hiring a VA or going to one of your current VAs saying, yo, set up 10 accounts on Pinterest and Quora and start creating three pieces of content today for all those accounts.
0: Yeah. Uh, what I do get them set up the account first, find out what's trending for that niche or anything we can find. Then I also like to use this little tool. Um, what do people want? what I think it's called, or people answer something like that. It basically spits out what all the questions people have.
1: Wait, wait, that's a, uh, that's a so tool?
0: That's yeah, answer the public. That's what it's called. Answer the public. Yes, it's a brilliant tool. We use answer the public and we spit out content using that as well.
1: So you just go on there and you're like, yo, what do people want in this space? And it tells you. Mm-hmm. And then you go create content around that. Exactly. And so you just tell do you do that keyword, all that research or do they? They do So you just basically tell them, look, go to answer the public, set up new accounts, start putting out content and link here. And here are the links that I want you to drive all the traffic to. Yes. And then you manage all 10 VAs. Mm -hmm. Like how often are you talking to these people? Maybe about 30 minutes a day. 30 minutes a day per, per one or total? Total. So you like literally check in with them like two, three minutes each Mm -hmm. via, I would imagine just like a chat, not like you're not actually getting on the phone.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll take a quick call with them. Like, Every now and, just, and then okay. just, yeah. just show me what you were doing. Um show me all the articles and links. Sometimes that's not some random way. I don't have a fixed time. Sometimes I would go with it a month and not checking on them. Other time I go uh, um a day or two or, or checking on.
1: Have you ever time. have you ever just like done an SEO project where you were getting tons of traffic and all of a sudden traffic just stopped or like took a major, major dip? No. How how quality is the traffic that comes from these pages?
0: It's 100% quality because it's all real human visitors. And I have a special software on my site to block all the bot traffic.
1: What's that software? Or do you know what to say?
0: Um, I can't say because it's kind of proprietary. Okay. From my agency, But yeah, it, I block all the bot traffic 100%. But
1: bro, like this is game changing for a lot of people though.
0: How, how did you learn this, dude? I got mentors in the space and then I went to underground mastermind events. So I'm a big fan of going to underground mastermind events instead of normal ones because the real masters of underground, for example, my Facebook guy who I know personally is the number one in the world. He's used to spending $4 million a month on a single ad campaign.
1: On a single campaign?
0: On a single campaign, not a single ad account, on a single campaign. And then restricted niches such as gambling, casino, adult stores, CBD. How? He
1: won't even teach me that. But he's I don't understand. That's so ridiculous. So like, okay, dude, I want to, I want to transition over here. Let's, let's talk about the mastermind space. The internet marketing space sucks, dude. Like my, like I'm in it. Okay. So I can't talk too much trash. Cause I'm still that dude, but like, I'm a huge fan of some of the leaders of the space. For example, I love Grant Cardone. I love Russell Brunson. I like Toy Lopez. I like Gary Vanderchuck. I think they're they're all very smart people, right? But yeah. like, they play at a whole different level than say everybody else. And like, dude, everybody and their brother right now has a course, has a mastermind, has the next thing that, that doesn't actually work. What, like, where do you hang out? Like, where do you learn from? Because I know it's not from, you're not getting on Facebook and like, oh, so-and-so's got a new mastermind coming up. I should go check that out because they had a cool post. Like, how do you go and decide where you're going to learn from?
0: What I do is I find people who already have the results for real and then I attend their events. And I tend to some of the most famous ones to get connected to certain people. So when most people talk about networking, I talk about networking for laser focus. Like, I go to a mastermind, I want to hang out with one person only. That's my entire focus. So getting around that person, no matter what, and find out and help these guys out. And when I find out who's the best at that event, I go and make fun of them. Then generally, after a couple of months, they'll introduce me to their mastermind networks. And if I go to the right ones, uh, but for a lot of money, I can get in front of the right people. Like my Facebook ads guy.
1: Okay, okay, let's talk about networking. Because I don't know if I've ever met anybody that's better at networking than, than you. Like, I don't know how you meet these people. Like some of the people that you've told me this. What's the key to networking? Because here's the thing, dude. I don't even know if I know how I do it. Cause I'm, I'm fairly decent when it comes to networking when like at events and whatnot, like I know how to get people's attention. I know how to like provide value. I know how to listen. Like I know how to like do the standard, like stuff or whatever. But like, if I'm, I've never networked with billionaires, like I've never gone to a billionaire's boys club, right? Like where they all was a bunch of billionaires all hanging out and being like, yo, what up when I have really nothing to offer them. Like I do, but let's for the average person and for, you know, people like you, what are you doing to get in front of these people or like to impress them? Because they have a billion dollars. They can literally buy anything. So how do you stand out? Okay, so the first thing is, I know they're human
0: beings. It doesn't matter if they have a billion dollars. I always say, listen, life, life isn't fair and it's not based on the quality. It can never be based on the quality. So we're understanding this, you can bit all you want, that a billionaire is not to be the time of day, or a millionaire is not giving you the time of day if you're not making it anywhere near that, but, or you can do something about it. And I wasn't getting it very fast, so I said, okay, I need to find a way to network. And I used to stuck at networking, by the way. But even my first sales, I wasn't good at sales, even when my wife made my first sales in my first business. I became, by proficiency, practice, and discipline, and what I realized was, and I, this is my background in London, even. My dad was one of the most leading medical researchers in the world. And well, he was one of the most what? leading medical researchers in the world. Me- medical research, okay. So, a lot of his, his professor, Tak Lee, for example, Professor Tak Lee, back in the 80s, he bought a home, his dad bought a home for him for about one half million dollars. Today's money is 15 million dollars. And the guy was 30 years old. And that is the type of thing my dad was around. Then he had, for example, um, another guy, um, Morris Lefstock. A Freemason had more power than the medical colleges and the um, medical institutions or the publications. And we had connections. I met some of these people. And then, even in London, I went to places like Cowards. And I learned by hanging out with the people who buy $400,000 watches, I was asking questions like, how did you buy it? And I would find out what their struggles were in life, just bring human to human. And I would start helping them solve problems. Over time, I became their asset, so to say. Because I would want to help them, I didn't want any money from them. Most people go to the people wanting things from them. I just wanted to learn from them and help them. And I think it's really about creating a win-win. If you focus on a win-win, you focus on helping people above all. And you don't have to benefit. You will get that they'll start seeing you. And the more skills you have, the better you are. And the more you can help these guys to find opportunities for them, you will get in front of them more and more. You become their friend. And that's what it's really about is. And the, the day, I earn about $5,000 an hour my time. And now it's changed, about to change, about $10,000 a minute. The last, two days ago, it has been $10,000 a minute. So my, my um, worth is changing. But people are saying to me, why would I have someone earn $15 an hour versus when I can have someone at my level? They're going to provide a value to me first. Well, the same for someone who earns a $1 million an hour, like my friend. One of my friends is making $8 million a fucking week in passive interest. Think about that in a moment. Eight million a week in interest. You can sit and do 8 nothing. Eight
1: million a week. Okay, hold on. I I I just want to car- clarify to make sure I heard that right. You were not good at sales. You were not good at networking. Right. No. You go. You start hanging out with these people. Which, by the way, for anyone that doesn't understand that proximity is power, like, get over yourself. Like, get around rich people. Like, there's just you learn so much. But anyway. You would start hanging out with these people. You would go and hang out at, with people that bought $400,000 watches. And instead of wanting something from them, you just ask them like, yo, how did you buy that watch? Why did you buy that watch? You would start learning about them. And so over time, you started learning more and more and more because, as you said, everybody's human. You started learning more and more and more about what they were looking at, what they were doing. And... Um, like what problems that they had and suddenly you started to notice patterns and you got better and better and better at figuring out like how to talk to these people and so you got to meet cooler and cooler people now where you kind of cut out there and I wanted to have you clarify on was when you talked about um like what were you saying like right there at the end when you were talking about people when it comes to like this guy's making eight million dollars a week in interest like and, and your net worth about the $15 an hour. Yeah, you so
0: Basically, people will say, why do not you hang out with people who earn $15 an hour? And then why did, um, do I hang out with people like earn like $8 million a week? The thing is, as you said, proximity is power. The thing is, what value will someone provide me at this level versus someone at that level? That's the same for them. So, yeah. what it is, it doesn't matter where you are. You can earn $15 an hour, you can earn $100 an hour, a million dollars an hour. The thing is, how do you bring value to someone is what people don't understand. And if you can find ways to bring value to people, you can always create that relationship. It's not that people, are, um, what's it called? I'm going to say it's the right word. They're not trying to be discriminatory. What it is, is we want to talk about winning. We want to talk about how to solve problems faster than others. And if you're not really interested in helping us solve problems faster than others, our time is different in terms of the work. You might just lose $15, for example. We are losing millions or thousands, in my case, thousands uh, per hour. It's a whole different ballgame. It's think a about- whole
1: different ballgame, yeah. And I think people just need to realize that, though, right? Like, yeah. you're not, and, and maybe there are people that are like this, but, I mean, you would know better than I, but I, I feel like most people at that level, they're not trying to be rude, right? They're not trying to be like, yo, I'm way better than you. Yeah, they might feel that way or whatever. But it's not like that they think they're like so much better or whatever. But they are just like, dude, I get paid so much money per hour of my time. And m- like, because of what I've built, an hour of my time is so much. Someone that makes $15 an hour and has no concept of that, like they can't fathom how valuable time is for these people. Exactly. And so- and so, like, they often, I mean, the, the billionaires and the rich people of the world, they hang out in their little clubs. So, like, how did you start getting around them, though? Because, so, like, after that's I left London, easy. so actually, we'll
0: go back a bit. So, that was my dad's professor. I learned how these people think. So, my dad was actually assassinated as well. That's a whole different topic, and we can go down another time. But what it was, when I came to America, I had nothing. I had no one that I could talk, use and put into that network. Did you even what? speak English? Yeah.
1: You spoke English. Under. Yeah, well, yeah I, duh, 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 duh.
0: <laughs> yeah. But the, what I knew was, okay, if I had no one that I knew, what I do know is, especially people with old money, that's the what I to into first. Once you are used to money, because new money, we get excited about money because we haven't had it. When you got old money, you're used to it. You're born with it. It's different. Money isn't exciting to you. So you, I had to find a way to think what is exciting to that.
1: One of the things I found was, is that ego is a big thing. For, for people with old money or new money, or both? Old money. Well, see it's both, but old money in particular. Old money has big ego.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, they need, money becomes meaningless. At a certain point, it's meaningless. It, it's not, you've got hundreds of millions, what is the difference is gonna make adding out another million?
1: Right, right. It's right. not
0: gonna change your life anymore, that much. <laughs> But right. it, what it is, it's going to they compete with the neighbors and other things. It's trying to find meaning in life in different ways. Like you said, about you to this entire big, different theory and your mindset playbook. they try to find meanings. Yeah. And you can find what's tap into the meanings. And one of the best ways to do it is lend yourself some credibility of big publications, even. So what I realized, is, and it's by accident, I got myself into Forbes as a writer. I got myself in 3500, as you said. I built that credibility and the trust. But then I also had my columns and I went and interviewed these with people. And when I interviewed them, they saw me as an asset and different. And when I interviewed them, the very first thing I did is I gave them a copy of my best-selling book. Mm -hmm. An author, it takes a lot of work to write a book, an entire book by yourself. So it gives you respect. Like, okay, this guy is driven and he's want to help me. So now you can start getting yourself in the door because you... Life is about positioning as well. It's status, but it's also positioning, and you can change the positioning to, based on where you need to be. And if you change the positioning, you can now become seen one of their equals, hmm. even if so, they have the same amount of money. Ah, uh, because it's a uh,
1: Okay, okay. So like, because yeah, you're
0: accomplishing things oh that they
1: have God. never accomplished. Because I mean, you could be a billionaire, but if you've never written a best-selling book and been on, on in Forbes magazine, then you've done something they they haven't
0: exactly and if you're trying to help women get more exposure the couple minutes of fame it makes them feel happy
1: hey, right because uh, and and they're like they don't i mean they've got a billion dollars or a 100 million dollars or whatever so it's like yo i can get you to be a bestseller i can get you in in forbes or whatever yeah it's gonna cost you twenty thousand dollars but they're gonna be like okay whatever right exactly like that's the thought process
0: but i don't charge them for the publicity i do it because i want to get in because relationships is the most powerful currency in the world.
1: When do you cash in?
0: I cash in when I can make it a win win and it makes sense and I have their trust. If it's not gonna be a win win, I will never cash in. And I don't necessarily cash in. Sometimes some people have them cash in because I don't need to. I don't care. It's a relationship. Because I believe, I've seen many people, and I'm sure you have, who've gone from millions to bankruptcy. And I've noticed one thing why do some people bounce back and others don't? It's not from mindset. Because some people have better mindset but never could bounce back. And at least I thought they had better mindsets. And in terms of habits and everything else, yeah, but they weren't the most mold. And uh, Wait, they were the worst, what? They weren't the most mole. They burnt their relationships. They screwed people over, so they lost mm, their relationships. Got it. So the people who normally bounce back also have the relationships that they need.
1: That so makes relationships,
0: sense. Relationships, as you said, proximity is power. Relationships is the currency of proximity.
1: But how do you get around those types of people though?
0: So the way I did it is I did publicity. I used my articles and my columns and I interview these people and I try to get them in. And I told them it might not happen. But with that and the positioning of having a bestseller, they talk to me and I get to learn about the challenges in life.
1: How did – okay, so there's, there's a question. How did you become a bestseller? Because you don't have an audience.
0: So I understood the Amazon algorithm and I had a friend who understood it even better and I borrowed his
1: audience to do it. You borrowed his audience?
0: Yes, I paid him for his audit to borrow his audit to match it to his audience. And I used, understood the algorithm and we did it. What's your book on? Digital marketing. I call Congrats. it How to Turn Your Digital Footprint into Leads.
1: By the way, congratulations. Best-selling Thank book. You. How, dude, you've been in so many publications. So many. All the time, everywhere. How did you get started into that?
0: So basically, I saw a few of my friends getting the falls. i I'm like, there's no way they've done it for free. I never paid. So, I learned where they paid first, and I went to these guys. And to get the first round, um, I paid them. They didn't deliver half of the stuff. They delivered like a few smaller ones. I'm like, okay, do you know what? Screw this. I just lost a bunch of money. I need to find a way to get in myself. They're obviously doing something that I didn't know, and I could just learn it. I didn't believe that any skill out there cannot not be learned. So, I went and learned, and we were understanding what we were doing and how to
1: get myself into the publication. Okay, okay, okay. This is such an important topic because most people don't think like that. And I love that you think like that. But like, dude, when I first got started in the online space, how I got started was I literally went to Google and typed in how to make money online, right? Like that is how I got started in online marketing. Um, No worries. Um, How did you, like, where did you go? You're like, man, I want to be a Forbes contributor. What do you do? You just Google that? Or how did you figure that out?
0: Yeah, I Googled it first. And I saw people. Was, and then I saw a friend of mine done it. And I was like, okay, don't you know want me reach out to him. And then I asked them, so look, I'll pay you. Will you train me? And basically I did that. And then afterwards, I went one step further. Sorry, no, no,
1: you're good.
0: Yeah. I decided to go one step further. I went to an event in New York to meet the media contributors. And then I went one step further. When I went, I went to New York almost every single month just to meet the media. I'll book meeting with editors or through cold email or, or LinkedIn and I'll, or phone calls. I'll call them up and i take them to coffee or dinner and I'll just do that. I just find how,
1: out. How do you, what? You just, you just send an email to an editor and be like, yo, what up? I want to take you to coffee. And they're like, yeah, sure. Let's go.
0: Well, I, I know what I do is I would get recommendations from someone very new. I'll find someone in their network. As you said, proximity is power. I'll get an introduction, how to meet these people and give them a reason. I would just help them out. I didn't expect anything back. Some people helped me out, some people didn't. I didn't care. But I got to meet the media, I get to learn how to think and how to approach it and how to leverage it.
1: How do you, how do you make money from those deals? Meaning, meaning does the, the fact that you're in PR and all these publications, did that directly make you any money or is it all just for credibility?
0: So here's the thing. I, it didn't make me money directly, but what it did do, it allowed me, when it came to getting in front of people, it gave me the, enough time to get my foot in the door to serve the value that I had. Because SEO is a very competitive space. Even raising money, how many people want to raise money all the time and get in front of billionaires and other things, as you said, it's tougher. What it did, it allowed me to get my foot in the door. Then I used my own sales skills, to get, and I had many mentors. I've read about 400 books from sales. And I just used the sales skills to learn how to get myself in front of these people and create that opportunity in those few minutes I had. I two to
1: three minutes to pitch myself and get myself in. That's incredible. Who who decides whether or not you're a Forbes contributor? The Forbes editors, or 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 who or whatever is it just the, the editors? So like when when you are a contributor, what's that process look like? You you just go and you write an article and it just gets posted, or does it have to go through a whole process?
0: It has to go through the entire process. So once you get yourself a column, you normally have a CMS access. You post it into the CMS, set, CMS and then, or you can send it directly, depending on the platform. Inc. is very different from Entrepreneur. Forbes is different. Then they basically we'll go in, and we'll review it, and we'll basically will approve it or not. Now with Forbes, actually, you can post it, and we don't really check it until afterwards. So it's different. Forbes is different from Entrepreneur, and that's different from Inc. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So Are you an Inc. You I'm actually applying and I'm waiting for that. My friends introduced me to the editor of to- the... Okay. We're, we, we have st- still some time left, but I want to get on the topic of, of raising capital, right? Okay. This is... Um, I'm going to use the transition of how you actually make money before I go over into that, but that's where I kind of want to end with this concept of... Because you've raised a stupid amount of money. Um, how do you make money, dude? Like where, where's your core business?
0: So my core business is my SEO agency. I make great money on it. It's not. I blew up a lot of money. So I, what I used to do was take equity in companies, scale them up from like twenty grand to two hundred grand a month in record speed because I understand how to market. But then I blew it all up. I wanted to take a different direction entirely because I didn't feel very well with it, and I just didn't. Go on with the business partners at the time. So I said, okay, I'm going to go a different direction. I don't care. I can always restart. I don't care. And I make most of my money SEO right now. And now I accept the capital now. Now I got all the capital. I'll do something else. That is my main business is the SEO agency. On the online space anyway.
1: In the online space. So you no longer take equity in businesses like that? I don't want to anymore. So you, you just do a retainer model. And then you're, you're, you do. Or I know. You do.
0: Or I buy the companies out now.
1: Or you just buy them outright? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's lit. So like when you buy a company, do you leave all the staff where they are or do you restaff it?
0: Um, I normally leave most of the staff where they are, but I will review the contracts with outsourcing and I will basically file most of them.
1: Do you do them? Do that personally or do you have a lawyer or somebody do it?
0: So, the, so how it works is, once I get the offer from the business owner, I make an offer to the business owner that they accept it. After signing NDA, LOI, etc. Bunch of legal shit. It goes to accountants and lawyers on a contingency basis. If the deal doesn't close, I don't pay them anything. Then once it closes, I pay them like 50 grand. And basically, I acquired the company and I do that part myself. Because then I like to control the first 90 days of the company and, and fix everything up.
1: Huh. So they, they control it for 90 days after you buy it.
0: I have control for ninety days after. I mean, I really put someone else in charge.
1: Oh, okay. So you basically get rid of current boss, keep everybody else. You run it for ninety days, replaced with new boss.
0: Well, sometimes I keep the old boss on, but I control the final say.
1: But you have the final say with everything. Cool. Do you like? Do you sell businesses too, or, or do you buy and hold?
0: I'm gonna. Buy, I'm buying and holding them. I'm buying recession-proof businesses.
1: Recession-proof businesses. Yes. Which would be like what?
0: So, I'm gonna say medical offices, alternative medical offices, roofing, construction of many kinds, like plumbing, HVAC, electrician.
1: And why would those be considered uh, recession proof?
0: Okay, so I'm gonna borrow a HVAC for example, and this is one of the reasons why I said this. If you go to Miami, it's so fucking hot in the summer, and even further, the whole it's a bloody fucking swamp of heat. And go to Arizona, hot is hot, dry heat or not dry heat, it's fucking hot, 120 degrees. You need that cooling. That way it's going to overheat you're going to die. So for example, that's always going to be a freaking business. Now if you go to where like you are, or Indiana where I used to live for a couple of years and where you came from, Kentucky, it can go really cold in the winter, minus like minus 20. And the summers in Indiana were like 100, 100 degrees, 110. You need heating and cooling again. If that air conditioning goes,
1: what are you going to do? Yeah, you're screwed. People will find the money for it. It's true. So, so you buy, like, do you own a bunch of businesses now? I'm um, in the middle of buying seven companies up right now. Seven companies right now. And I'm building a medical
0: village right now, Boca, that costs me 400 million, basically, in funds.
1: Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You're building a $400 million company? Med- medical village. Medical village. Where? In Boca Raton. In, in where? Boca Raton, West Palm Beach area. Oh, down in Florida. Yeah. $400 million.
0: Mm-hmm. How long is that going to take? About a year to 18 months to get established enough of
1: money. So have you started raising money now or no? I've already raised the money. You've already raised the money. Okay, let's talk about raising money. Dude, you like snap your fingers and can have $50 million, right? Like how do you do that?
0: So what it was, again, it comes down to relationship is one thing. Two is when you, you have to look at what does the person who's giving the money to you want? They want the money back. They want low risk as possible and they want it to Now, a lot of people that go to VC for a startup and spend up to 100 million on a startup. I went with a very attractive offer. Look, this is a recession-proof business. the recession proof business. Most of the ones I'm buying are already making seven figures. All I have to do is go, they've got no online presence. I'm going in and putting the online presence on steroids.
1: So, you know, you're, so let me, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I'm tracking so far. What you're doing is you're saying okay i'm looking at investors and i say my investors want money their money back they want it in a safe location with low risk right exactly like they don't want to yeah. lose their money yeah and want to make like a profit and so they want to cool. make a profit right most people when they go to venture capitalists it's a brand new idea they have no idea what's going on it's very high risk which I mean in the case of, you know, tech or you know like this new Snapchat's of the world the one in 10,000 that take off real high for investor payoff, right? But like majority of businesses fail or don't turn a profit for a long time. You're going in and you're saying, "Okay, listen. I've got this business that's already doing seven figures. They're already million a million dollar or a multi-million dollar business." But you're specifically looking for ones that are Poorly managed, or have no marketing department, or have no social media presence, so that there's easy upside for you to be able to go in and work your magic.
0: Well, even if it's not poorly managed, the main thing I care about is they have weak social media presence, weak settings and presence, weak YouTube presence. So, weak
1: online presence.
0: Exactly. And tied to a footprint. Also, I'm looking for weak tax structure, weak um, legal structures, weak insurance structures. For example, my insurance guy, he's one of the top insurance guys in the world. He does many of the billionaires and he saves me off to 30, 40, 50% on insurance. So I go to him and he saves me 20, 30% on my insurance and all these companies as well. Mm. I'm already knocking off 20% off the taxes. So I'm benefiting 30, 40, 50% immediately.
1: So let's say there's a company that's, you know, I don't know, they do a couple million bucks in sales or, you know, revenue, I should say, with, you know, with everything. What what kind of offer are you making? Are you are you offering them at market value or below it or what?
0: I will depend on the business, um, but I negotiate and I do seller financing, so the seller will actually finance eighty percent of the deal for me.
1: Really, over two to four years. So you're basically paying him or her, whoever you're buying from, twenty percent down, okay. and then paying the other eighty percent over three years. Over three years, and your investor we'll pay the down payment. is the down payment. So if let's say wh- what's usually a down payment on a business, like 10%, 20%? 20%. So 20%. Do, uh, let's say $2 million down payment. So, so a so million dollar down payment, you're going to buy a business for 10 million bucks. Okay. So you, you go to investor a, and you say, Hey, listen, I've got this recession proof business. It's an air conditioning and cooling company, Right. Uh, it's worth $10 million or let's say it's worth, you know, $12 million, right? I've negotiated it down. He's going to take $10 million for the deal. He needs a million dollars today. And then we're going to pay the remaining 9 million back over the next four years. So we're going to pay, you know, whatever that is, $2.2 $2 million a year essentially back to this dude, right? Yes. So that's what you're telling him. And so now you go the deal or the the seller takes the million dollars cash that you just gave him, walks, now you go and you're like, cool, I'm going to make you your payments of two and a half million bucks or whatever it is over the next four years. Are you expecting all that $2 million to come from the business or are you getting additional money?
0: All from the business.
1: How though? Because why okay. wouldn't the investor just keep, the, keep that, or the, why wouldn't the seller just keep the business if it was making There's many reasons profit?
0: people will sell the business. For example, the reason is it could be sick. They could be old, they could be in a financial crisis personally, could be spend. They could be going through a divorce and they can't manage the business. There's so many different reasons. The kid could be sick, they could be sick. I remember I said that already. Well, but anyway, the point is there's many reasons why people will sell a business.
1: And so you're just capitalizing on that and basically saying, hey, this is what's gonna happen. So then you're putting 20% down, which would be, oh, I'm sorry, $2 million, not a million. So you're putting $2 million down. They're, they're taking it. So you're basically saying, hey, I'm going to take all the profits in this business for the next four years, essentially. Maybe you'll keep a little bit. Pay this dude back. And then in four or five years from now, you're an 80% owner on a $10 million business.
0: Well, I say I'll go even more. I will make more money. And my goal is always think bigger. I always talk about, a lot of people talk about quantum leaps, right? So when you look on this piece of paper, people talk about incremental, where we take one step at a time to get to the end. This is a timeline. Yeah. Quantum is where you're jumping. What I actually say is, and this is from physics even, is bend the timeline where it doesn't exist. Like yeah. in space.
1: Yeah, it's like space-time continuum stuff and quantum. Yeah. this is the kind of way- Nerdy stuff that I study. No, I get that for sure.
0: So what I do, believe is, like, for example, the SEO, I know I could add minimum five to 10 million a year in business for the SEO, the SEO, ranking in the Google Maps. I've got AdWords. My YouTube guy, he's the only guy I found with YouTube ads. He does it locally. He works for, with me. He, for example, will spend like 50 or 100 dollars in ad spend, will make 1,800
1: dollars back. But how do you ensure, though, that that business isn't going to go belly up when you buy it?
0: Because we do auditing and everything goes first. We do a lot of checks. We're not going to buy it just because it looks good. We want to see the financial. We want to check the staff. We want to have questions and contingencies in place.
1: And, and who does that for you?
0: So I do it with the lawyers. And I tell the lawyers what I want, and I make the offer. so they agree, and then what happens? How
1: did you become so smart?
0: Honestly, I just read a lot and hang around smart people. That's all it literally is. You hang around smart people and you read a lot.
1: How old are you, dude? 28 now. Gosh! I feel like a failure in life. No, I'm just kidding. That's crazy. I'm 25. So like, h- how long ago did you, do you get started with this? With what? Acquisitions or business? Just business. In, like, when did you really start learning about networking, business, PR, SEO, all of that? Really
0: it. about two and a half years ago, four years ago.
1: So what were you doing? Like, is that when you showed up to America? Yeah, about four years ago, yeah. You mean to tell me you've done all this in three years? Exactly. That's freaking ridiculous. What's the biggest deal you've ever done? The 400 million village. It's ridiculous. 400 million
0: and, Yeah. And here's a little trick idea for reading, for example. If you look at the 80-20 rule, what I found yeah. is you read one topic of a book only, take 20 books, 80% of the ideas are going to be the same throughout. So if you start with the smallest book, you've got 80% of the ideas. Get to the second book, you're looking for 20%. The third book, you're looking for 4%. The fourth book, you're looking for one the, the fifth book, you're looking for one new idea. And you can go through many more books that that way.
1: So you're not focused on, like, how do you decide, like, are you reading headlines or just what? I read the entire book, but
0: I look for concepts. I don't look for everything else. I don't care about concepts.
1: So you're just like speed reading real fast. And then when something jumps out at you, you stop and study that.
0: Well, what it is, when I'm reading, I look for the idea. If I don't see the idea, I I will forget about it. I don't care. I don't need the story. I don't listen for the story. I look for the concept where I can take these concepts and apply them to my life.
1: How how do you decide which books to read? So what I do is when I find a book that I like, I,
0: the, um, I go to the author and I find all the books and just do it. And when an uh, anything comes recommended in the reviews, I will go and do it again. And I kept doing it like that until I find all the books I want. And by huh. doing that
1: same strategy, I have read about four thousand books in four years. Fudge! That is insane. I'm sure you've read the this book. Trust me, I'm lying by Ryan Holiday. I got all his books. Bro, ordered the new one. Ryan Holiday is some on some next level something, man.
0: Ryan Holiday, his book "The Obstacle Is the Way" my second favorite book in the world. Which one?
1: "The Obstacle Is the Way." The obstacle is the way. Yeah, such a good book,
0: dude. And the third one, my favorite, is "Ego is the Enemy." And I find Ryan Holiday. Oh,
1: book. really? I just started that book.
0: My favorite book is "The Master Key System" by Charles Hanau. The what? Master Key System by Charles Hanau. The marketing system. Master Key. Oh, the Master Key system by Charles Hanau. The
1: Master Key system. What's that book on?
0: It's all about mindset. It's the pre-origin it, it pre-dates even if you can go rich. And it's about you basically do one chapter a week, do the exercise every day over six months or change your entire life?
1: what do you think of psychocybernetics? It's one of my top favorite books. I love that book. That's my favorite. I haven't like
0: mentioned names, but certain gurus use their mindset courses. That's the entire course.
1: Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um Dude, this is fantastic this is fascinating this is fascinating what what would you say is the number one key to your success writing
0: my goals out seven times a day i'll say my goal system seven
1: but, times a day
0: yeah so honestly i'm gonna explain this a second so i wanna um basically when you look at auto suggestions from thinking of rich, it, it really is it's about repetition of an idea
1: you you but, know that thinking grow rich is just not real right I know there's
0: a lot of rumors about it, um, he never met Carnegie, but the fact is he can still take the idea. Uh, yeah,
1: I agree. There's a lot of good ideas in the book, but he never met Carnegie. Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. a whole I, study I heard, of, thing. I
0: heard of many things about that. But regardless, the, the repetition right, of right. What is, the key is what I really care about. So it's a repetition of an idea. So a lot of people go on about the law of attraction. They don't understand the law of attraction. We do read affirmations. They do this gratitude, etc. they spend about 5% of the day on this. 95% of the day, but don't believe in the idea.
1: What's going to win? The 95%.
0: Exactly. So, what I do is I've understood as well the biggest problem in life. We don't have problems in life, I see challenges. We have a clarity challenge or problem. And everything I've ever found has always been clarity. Is it we don't have the, we're not crystal clear on how to get in front of the right people, or we're not crystal clear on how to oppose anything or a certain problem. So, what I developed was what I call my goal system. And my goal system was this. So as I said to you, after my father was assassinated, basically his heart stopped and he came back afterwards and died. I left religion completely, and God even. wanting to put this quote God. As I delve into science, what I came full circle, what it was is, you look at the um, atom. The atom has seven electron cells maximum around it. Mm. We jump over to time travel and quantum physics, there's seven copies of every single photon. Just think about that a second. That means there's seven dimensions of parallel universes. That's from a scientific standpoint. Then, if we go to religion, it goes on about seven sins, the seven heavens. And if you look at religion, even every single religion from Christianity, to Judaism, Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, it goes about light. Light is energy. And if we go to Egypt, which I've been fascinated with since about eight years old, the Prince of Egypt got me fascinated by the templates. I've been obsessed with the templates for over 10 years now, or 20 years now. What it was is Moses saw God, or at least the saying goes, he saw God, he saw a burning bush. Light heat and sound, that's all energy. If we go down to the energy and look at the attributes of God and the attributes of energy, energy can't be created, it can't be destroyed. It's just everywhere at once can take any shape or any form. That's the same as God. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, and seven is the number he put in nature, but why didn't we create seven goals, one for each area of life? So one for investments, one for your personal income, one for your biggest business challenge. So my biggest business challenge right now is the best tax lawyers I can get. Your health, your relationship, yourself, and um, what's I can't, what how I can't remember the self on top of my head. And um, philanthropy, that's the other one. The seven goals, you're noticing yourself. When you create these seven goals, you break down each goal into seven outcomes, seven things that are going to happen to each of your goals. You the goals. But break these outcomes down into seven steps. Take one step a day from each of your goals and do seven steps a day. You will achieve your goals in 49 days. The fastest system on the planet, and it gives you absolute clarity because you have to be forced to write down every single outcome and mm. every single step towards that goal. Mm. And if you break it down further, you can break it down even further.
1: That's fascinating. So, like, I totally understand what you're saying with quantum physics and everything like that, and law of attraction. I mean, I, I'm a big nerd when it comes to all that stuff. But I'm curious. So, wait, let's let's back up to this because this is this is like next level mindset stuff, and I wish people just understood this. So do you, you don't believe in God then? I do. Like you're not,
0: you're, I came back. as I said. I went full circle.
1: So now you b- do believe that there's a God?
0: I know there's a God. Scientifically, even mathematically, there's a God. We look at the evolution from ordinary species can never happen. Because we just look at this. The, the probability, mathematically, is like 1 times 10 to the minus 19 is 0. Something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To form the first protein, the mathematics is like 1 times 10 to the minus 20 more than whatever the mathematical 0 was. Do you get the correct orientation, the order, the structure? If you look even at chemistry, you've got the same mixtures. You've got D form and L form amino acids, which make up the proteins. You get one wrong and, the, and you get the site wrong, the entire thing collapses. The entire yeah. protein changes. So mathematically, it can't happen that evolution came from other species. That proves that there is a resistance of a creator.
1: Because it can't be by chance. but what is it by? It's going it to be by design. So, so then, what religion? would you identify with most? Honestly, I
0: haven't studied religion in that much stuff anymore. To just say I follow religion. But what I do know is that there is a God for sure. And we, we can call it God, you can call it intended design, whatever you want to call it. There's a being at least that has made us. Because if you look at the second law of entropy in thermodynamics, everything tends to disorder. But yet yeah, if you look at the human's body, it's so ordered, so well.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's, that's a great point that's a super great point. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm religious, um, yes. you know, and, and I, I believe in, in God. Um, I think that, uh, well, I, I have a religion's not something that we have time to go on. We'll have to do a follow-up interview or something, but like, I think that I, I tend to identify with Christians, you know, be, identify as a Christian, but, um, I think the Christians get a lot of stuff wrong too, that, I mean, I think the Bible is inherently true, but, uh you know translation and things of that nature but i I like your points from a scientific perspective of what that brings to the table but we do need to wrap it up only because (laughs) we've been going we've been going too long but i want to say thank you for coming on here because this dude thanks so much bro this was incredible like this is like next level stuff this is probably the most information-packed mind-blowing interview i've ever done i can't wait for this one to air um So writing down your goals, you would say is, is the key to your success. Like getting, getting clear on that. I do want to touch on one more point though, before we wrap it up and go to rapid fire questions. And that is you talked about clarity, right? Which I think is so crucial and so clear, right? Like what, if you have clarity on know what you're doing, like you look at someone, let's say like a golfer or, you know, I, I like Tom Brady, right? The Patriots or whatever. I mean, like that dude knows how to throw a ball. He knows how to go out and win games. If you're a complete noob, right? You don't know how to go do those things. Not that you can't, Tom Brady couldn't at one point either. Now look at him. Now he knows exactly what to do. He knows how to go out and win games. He's got the clarity to do it. Same thing is true in all areas of life and business. Once you know what you're doing and how to do it and you have a clear path to do it, anything becomes possible. For me, what has brought me more clarity than anything else is the concept of objective thinking. So, what are your thoughts on objective thinking or or how do you go and best find clarity so
0: for me i like to write things down and look at cause and effect i like to like look at if i do this effect and cause this effect what's the cause of it and then once i got that cause i look at the cause of the cause and i like that concept in the book called Karmic management
1: Karmic management
0: yeah i've got it right here actually um here we go because so i was reading it earlier even
1: karmic okay karmic management okay a brilliant book so you're you, you're all about cause and effect getting to the root cause of things yes which is objective thinking more or less i mean yeah I, I would agree with that cool man well dude i appreciate this so much thank you again let's let's move to rapid fire questions here real quick uh when we wrap it up and then uh we'll uh, call it a day you ready for rapid fire yes okay uh, favorite airlines to fly
0: american airlines
1: you like american why do you like American?
0: Well, because I'm fine domestically mostly right now, and they give me gluten free food every time I ask for it. Whilst if I go to. They give you gluten, what? Gluten free food.
1: Oh, okay. On the first okay. class. Yeah. I was done. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, Where are you, uh, w- like, w- you live in Orlando now, yeah? Yes. Where's your dream place to live? Boca Raton. Boca Raton? Oh, down in Florida. Okay. Where you're building the village?
0: In Boca Raton, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. You're going to do down there. Um, what was it like coming to America with nothing? Like, what was your first thought when you landed?
0: Well, once I lost all my funding and everything, and I, my first thought is, okay, I've got to make something work. I, I will either die trying or succeed.
1: Yeah, what do you see as the biggest problem with America today?
0: The biggest problem with America today is the education system and ignorance. They don't think.
1: There's no thinking, the education system what is the simple solution, which I know doesn't exist, but in like one sentence, what's the answer to the education system? For people to st-
0: um, stop watching TV so much and start reading.
1: Start start what? Or um, stop start what? Reading.
0: Stop watching TV so much and start reading.
1: And start reading. No, I would agree with that 100%. Um, okay, dude, this has been awesome. I have one final question for you. I asked this to every single person that's on the podcast. And that is, um, let's pretend you're on your deathbed. Fast forward, you're to the end of your life. And everything that you've done, every person's life that you touched, all your deals, everything that you've done is gone, right? Like you've, you've not done anything in your life now. However, you get to leave every single person that you've ever touched and influenced, either directly or indirectly through your work, you get to leave them all with one final message or one final thought. What would that thought be?
0: Um, okay, my final one would be the impediment to accident advances accident. What stands in the way becomes the way, is from obstacles the
1: way. Can you repeat that one more time? The impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. What stands in the way becomes the way. I love it. And that's right from the book. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah, The Obstacle is the Way.
0: That's my wallpaper.
1: That's your wallpaper. I love it, man. Amy, you have been amazing. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. Um, I know you and I have stuff that we've been doing together, and it's been awesome to get to know you. Um, you're amazing, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Guys, this has been Amy. Amy, where can they find... I don't even know. Do you want people to find out more about you? Where can they, can they find out more? Facebook. They can add you on Facebook. Yeah. Amy Tarek, right? T-A-R-I-Q? Yes. Okay. Amy, I-M-M-Y, T-A-R-I-Q. Uh, Amy, thank you again, man. Guys, this has been Amy. He's amazing. 28-year-old, killing it. I don't... Like, not even... Not even killing it. Like, blowing blowing everybody else out of the water. Free um, really appreciate him coming on here guys as always hustle hustle god bless Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world Go use some of the tactics that we talked about here today. Like holy cow. This will change your life I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy fam peace